Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. Host Green Diva Meg and co-host Green Diva Mizar share resources and ideas as they explore fun and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. And now, your host, Green Diva Meg. Okay, so let me just say what's coming up today. We've got uh, our GD correspondent today is Diane McAkern. And I think I'm McAhern. saying McAhern. No, I think she said McAkern. Really? I asked her how to pronounce it, and she said it was McAkern. Oh, yeah, there's an extra C-H in there. Yeah, McAkern. McAkern? McAkern? McAkern. McAkern. All right, well, she's coming up the last year. <laughs> Diane, she's um, got a blog called Big Green Purse, which is really a very good blog for, you know, how how we're shopping and and you know the the difference we make by the things that we choose and the choices we make choices and, and we whatever thank you thank you yep yep like you uh, know the first example i can come up with is plastic bags yeah why would anybody and she's buy part of the green bags? sisterhood also oh, she is so she's right there with and us, now yeah. you're doing a diy segment on well it's diy d diy i always mess that up diy um, on repurposing wine bottles or any liquor bottles, but because we had some vin, uh, some vintners send us some bottles of wine, all of which I sampled gladly, happily, <laughs> um, I owe them a review. And so I am going to weave one into the other. I'll get the review. I'll do a quick DYI and uh, throw out a couple of other ideas there as well. Good. And then our feature interview today is with Kevin Poe, who we haven't interviewed in a while, but he calls himself the Dark Ranger. The Dark Ranger. <laughs> I love his website. It's, I am the Dark Ranger. He is the and, Dark Ranger. And we met <laughs> we met him through uh, Jessica Aranella, who is from What You Can Do, and we interviewed her last week. We're hoping. Oh yes. We love her. We love her. Oh my gosh, what a what a what a spitfire she is. Okay, let's get. Um, I think Diane's on the air. Hello. I can hear you faintly. Oh, good. Is it any better now? Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. You're not very loud, but I think we'll be fine. Okay, good. Thank you for calling in today, Diane. It was sort of last minute. We we. I'm really glad you could do this last minute for us. Oh, you're very welcome. Now, tell us real quick about BigGreenPurse.com. The focus of BigGreenPurse.com is to inspire people who are listening to your radio show right now and all kinds of people all over the country to shift the way they spend their money to greener products and services as a way to protect themselves and their families and their communities, but also to motivate the companies that produce all the stuff we buy to use less energy and cut down on pollution and use safer ingredients in the products that they do manufacture. My, my thing, uh, this is a Green Diva Mizar. Nice to talk to you, Diane, and then you'll have to pronounce your last name for oh, us. Oh, yes, please do. Um, but my, one of my pet peeves is I, I just, I cannot, I don't understand why anybody buys plastic bags. I don't you care know, what I size. Say it, but I can't hear you anymore. Oh no, Megan, ask her the question. Maybe it's, she... it's very, very faint. Should I call back? Um, can you hear me better? No. Why okay. Don't you try on a different phone. I'll call you right back. Thank okay. you. Good. Good. Uh, I'm just going to follow up on that on my own because you know between <laughs> the plastic that you get that you cannot avoid. I don't know what at this point. You know, sometimes if you don't, I don't know. Plastic does come into oh. The wax bags for my cereal when I can't buy it. Right, in bulk, right, right. Yeah. They make great 
storage containers or um, thought of that. plastic. Oh, come on. Seriously. I also have, you know, I have a home-based business, right? And I get a lot of stuff and a lot of plastic bags. So they become my garbage bags or uh, bread bags. In the sliced bread, the outside bag is a perfect plastic bag. That's a great container. Okay, let's see if we can get her All back right. on. She's back. Diane? Yes. Is that better? Yes. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Now, first of all, pronounce your name correctly for us. McEckern. Diane McEckern. McEckern. Okay. Got it. Sorry. Okay. Now. Where were we? I think Mizar was asking you about plastic bags. Yeah, well, and I, it boggles my mind that anybody has has the necessity or the need to buy plastic bags. Yeah, you know, I think that for a lot of people, um, they still don't understand the impact that plastic bags have on the environment, and they're not plastic bags aren't personally threatening. Right? In fact, they okay. often make our lives easier because you can use them for so many things. And over and uh, over again. And you can use them over and over again, and they don't take up very much room. So I think that, you know, if you don't live in a place where you're seeing a lot of plastic bag pollution, uh, it doesn't really, it's not a top-of-mind issue for you. Right. I think anybody should just Google plastic bags India, and then they'll, they'll get a real eye-opening experience when they look at those images. Right, and it doesn't even have to be India, you true, know. I true. think that, like, you know, I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and we now have to pay a little five-cent fee if we buy, you know, if we use a plastic bag at the grocery store, and that was passed because there were so many plastic bags clogging the Potomac River and the Anacostia River, and it was really seen as a way, a cheap way to get people focused on the simple solution to that problem. When was it passed, Diane, and, and is it making you an know, impact? You know, it's been a couple of years. I can't remember exactly when because, you know, I have you been using reusable bags for a long time, but I know that it's had a dramatic impact in reducing the number of plastic bags used and the amount of pollution they've created. So it's been very effective. Now, Diane, as people go shopping, how can you suggest they start retraining themselves? I mean, I'm sure the website has everything, but if somebody had to start somewhere, what would you suggest they do? You know, really, I think the most important thing that people can do is look at the way they spend their shopping, their grocery budget. And I have people saying to me, boy, I'd love to buy organic milk, but I just can't afford it. And organic milk here, it's about $3 more a gallon than conventional milk. Wow. And yet, if people are looking at their list, what they're buying, they may be buying two cases of bottled water, which (laughs) might cost them 10 bucks or $15. And yet, there's absolutely no health or environmental benefit to buying bottled water. Oh, yeah. Don't get me czar started on that. Don't get me started. (laughs) But, you know, I call it the green math. People don't look at the whole way they spend money. They just look at these individual items. And yet... People probably are wasting 30% of their, their their weekly grocery budget on stuff that has no benefit. They think that it does. And where if they shifted that money to organic food, let's say, or reusable bottles or sponges instead of paper towels, all that stuff, they'd have plenty of money to go green. A couple of years ago, I had a little factoid, Diane, that a family of four that drinks per person one bottle of 16-ounce bottle of water a day, which everybody knows is never just one bottle. Um, 
for 365 days, um, they'll spend close to $2,400 on water. And that's just one bottle yeah. per person per right. day for a year, which is also right. uh, incredible to me because that's a lot of money, $2,400 on water. Right. It's, a, it's a, you know, some, some people can go to community college for a semester for $2,400. Right, right, right. You know, and uh, you can buy a really great water filtering system and, a, you know, a reusable bottle for every person in the family for $2,400. Okay, can I make a shameless plug? I think everybody should yeah. go to pure2o.com and take a look at that water system and the fact that we uh, create alkaline water. So it's not just safe water, it's healthy right. water. And then you get yourself a reusable bottle and fill up at your own house or, or you whatever. Have, or you have Mizar bring you, send you glass bottles. There you go. Like I you like have, that. Megan. Yeah, right? I love my there bottles. There you go. Well, so, yeah. I love what you're doing, Diane. With the, the Big Green Purse is such a great educational tool to get us to think differently and start to be more conscious about the whatever we're buying you know the life cycle of things where does it come from how is it disposed is it recyclable do i really need it you know diane one last question while we have a few more seconds if you could get a manufacturer or a producer of whatever to change something what would that something be you know probably in the big picture, the global picture, uh, the way they manufacture so they use less energy and the fewer toxic chemicals in the ingredients, you know, as they're manufacturing a product. Certainly climate change is one of the biggest challenges that we face and every company should be doing everything it possibly can to minimize the amount of energy that it uses. Wise words. I hope everybody's listening, all you big CEOs out there. Yeah. Well, Diane is out there. She's very involved in, in a lot of different projects. Like um, I can't remember the name of the one from um, the women in China. Yeah, so we're doing some really interesting work trying to link up the work that women are doing in the United States with what women can do in China. It was it was a wonderful campaign, and I apologize for not remembering the name of it, but you're doing a lot of different work. So I think we're going to have you on again because there's... Thanks very much, and I appreciate all the good work you're doing to educate people about their many, many choices. It's very positive. Thanks so much, Diane. We'll talk to you soon, maybe even next week, right? Take care. Oh, that would be Bye-bye. great. Bye, Diane. Bye-bye. All right. Well, let's take a quick break because um, uh, we got more fun stuff coming up. We got Seth Lightman calling in soon. Okay. Stay tuned. Welcome to Green Light with the original Green Diva, Megan McWilliams. Useful ideas for low stress green living straight from the Fun Green Diva's radio show. Want to help your pets go green? Some fun and useful ideas coming up in a moment. I want Green Diva nails without all the nasty toxic chemicals. I've got the solution. I just tried this G2 Organics non-toxic odor-free nail polish and remover. Did I mention odor-free? Look at my gorgeous toes. And you should see the colors. The colors are great. And the best part, each one comes with its cool little touch-up tube. And I guess since it doesn't smell, you can whip it out anywhere. The touch-up tube, I mean. Find out more at G2Organics.com. If you have a dog, cat, bird, horse, ferret, or other living creature from the animal kingdom that you share your life and home with, you'll want to learn about natural pet care products that are not only safer for your furry or feathered friend, but also easier on the environment, too. Here are some websites and blogs that I recommend. For safe, natural, and earth-friendly toys and treats, westpawdesign.com. For an amazing array of eco-friendly pet products, 
ecopets.com. For news on a variety of natural pet ideas and products, care2.com. For great in-depth stories on all things pets, PetNewsAndViews.com. To find out more about the Green Divas radio show and podcast, visit TheGreenDivas.com. Hi, I'm Mariel Hemingway, and you're listening to Green Divas Radio, and you're loving your life. Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. Tack it up, buddy, gonna shut you down. Oh my god, Seth, can you hear her singing? Yeah. Yeah, he says, yeah, make her stop. I got it, I got it. (laughs) This is, we're getting a call from Seth Lightman, Green Living Guy, right? Yeah, at greenlivingguy.com. There you go. (laughs) It's it's timely because um, I'm driving around in a Chevy Volt, and now when I think green cars and electric cars and hybrid cars, I think of... Seth Lightman. Well, he's the guy. He is the guy. We're waiting on that Fiat to make its way to the uh, East Coast, but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. What's going on, Seth? Well, let's see. We got a bunch of things on tap. Uh, I just got my letter today. I'm going to uh, Detroit for Ford. Again? uh, In June for the Go Further Conference of 2013. And uh, let's see. I'm working on a... uh, Big. Uh, Wait a minute! I'm being I'm I'm busy being bummed out because we didn't get invited to the June thing. Oh God! I didn't mean to do that. That's all right. It's okay, she'll find a way to yeah. get there. Uh-huh. <laughs> get there now. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm working on this contract that when we speak again, I'll tell you about. But it's pretty exciting. I can tell you that it it will be a, an audit of a building to go all LED lighting. And they also want to take another property and go geothermal. Oh, nice. Like, like a big commercial building going geothermal? or No. Okay. No. no. Some... I'll, I'll, well, stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm, yeah, I've got all these things running through stay my tuned. head. Now, tell but, me. Uh, getting back to the hybrid and whatever, yeah. um, I was at a party recently for Lexus for their Go For their, yes. Uh, yes. Lexus design um, campaign. They started out recently with those big monster stick dolls that, that move in, around in the streets and stuff like that. Oh, with the, the oh, air-blown yeah, yeah, yeah. ones? Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, they're made of former cars and former bamboo wood that was in the cars. Oh, cool. Wow, that is kind of interesting. I just found that out. Um, big party, lo- lots of lots of celebrities there. One of my favorites, ladies, was Cha-Cha Cruz. Victor Cruz was there for the New York Giants. Really? Why? you got to get us into these things. Come on. Hey, I just got to, you know, uh, I, I just, I, they tell me to go, but I'll try and, I'm going to hook you up. Seth, um, darling, we can hobnob with the best. Oh, I oh, love yeah. her. Yeah. Kristen Chenoweth was the host. She's adorable. Oh, she's like, uh, she's Root, like three foot tall, right? The new band for The Tonight Show played, and then every, a lot of people that know the band know the big drummer guy, Questlove, he started DJing afterwards. Um, they showed their new concept plug-in hybrid electric Lexus coming out soon. It looks beautiful. I'm sure. On my Instagram. Well, um, Lexus. Is yeah. A, oh yeah. Post my it. husband's going to get a new one because, in fact, he's got a Lexus 450h, uh-huh. and he's on a lease. And Lexus called him, begging him to give up the lease because they need his car and they want to give him a new one. 
what the heck is that about? I'm like, really? Why? You know. Tell me about the the Chevy Volt. What's your opinion of the Chevy Volt? That I I'm... think it's doing fantastic. I think it 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 was kind of at, at first putting GM's arm behind its back because they should have started out with the Cadillac ELR. Uh, plug-in hybrid that's coming out soon uh, versus the Chevy Volt, but right. they came out with the Chevy Volt, and of course, just like it does every time with GM, it exceeded their expectations. Yeah. So that's why they came out now with the uh, Cadillac ELR, oh. and by working on more product under the same drivetrain, you're going to reduce overall cost. Yeah, because the battery cost goes down because you're buying more. Okay, and Cadillac is making big, big strides with this new, what do we call it, Generation X, and they want to go into that market. Hard. Oh boy, do they ever! I, I, they're, I actually they're, beating, they're 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 definitely beating up with uh, Cadillac with Lexus and Lincoln uh, Continental and too, which used to be the one. And thing, they're they're everybody's beating each other up now. Yeah, all right. Which well, it's nice great though. For the market, Absolutely, the overall cost down. Uh, all right, let now, them fight it out. God bless them. <laughs> 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 have at it. Yeah, it's good Play for us. Uh, Seth, know? I'll take the spoils yeah. of that battle any exactly. day. Exactly. Exactly, because you're going to win, you know, and that's the free market. You know, we're, ladies and gentlemen, when we talk about going green, we're not talking about anything that's against the free market. Yeah, Sorry. no, no. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of buying the to- Toyota Camry Hybrid 2007, a used one. It's in pretty good shape. Oh, go for it. Yeah. What is it costing you? I'm not, I'm not sure yet. They're friends, so I, I'm sure it's not going to be overpriced. What? Take the car. I'm telling you, you'll yeah. you'll, you'll love it. It's only the got one f- thing about the Lexus hybrids. I'm going to warn you about though, is don't expect on the early versions, right, for it to be an issue of fuel economy. Well, they said they get about 34 miles per gallon in this that car. That makes sense because they were doing 20s and 18s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the big trick, though, is now they're going even more efficient. I know, I know. With the newer brands. What they did was they started off by going to the Lexus race, you know, like the accelerator. You right, know? But, right. So they worked heavily on making sure that the battery pack that ha- was in there helped towards torque. And it helps in California and in cities because it has that right. auto stop shut off. Pr- yep, thing, yep. Right? So... That was a given for them, and they figured with the rest of the battery pack on the first round, let's work on speed. Now, the next quick question about this is it's only got like 52,000 miles. I mean, is it? Are, are these cars, do you think, anything like the traditional Toyotas that can go up to like 200,000 miles? Well, they're warrantied up to 100,000 miles from what I remember. Yeah, and the batteries for sure, right? Yeah, the, ba- the battery and the powertrain. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, all right, I'm going for it. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Reduce, recycle, reuse, and if you're feeling creative, repurpose. Repurposing is one of Green Diva Mizar's favorite DIY things to do, and it's fun. Megan, I already talked about this in the beginning of the show, and I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, this week, it's repurposing wine and or liquor bottles. Yeah. Uh, and, For all you um, winos out there. Yeah. Well, no. Um, and uh, I also have uh, 
two reviews that I'm going to submit for some folks, three reviews that sent organic wine for us. So I'm going to weave the two together because now I, I hate to say it, but one of my risk factors in life is red wine. You'll get my risk factors. (laughs) It really is. That's funny. I eat healthy. I drink a lot of good water. But that's my risk factor. Oh, being Mediterranean. I guess. But a lot of people (laughs) say it's good for you anyway. So um, in the interest of time, I'll just say that. Mine was Guinness uh, beer, but that was a long time ago. Oh, really? No, no. Mine has just uh, (laughs) red wine. As a matter of fact, Antonio just got back from Toronto. When he's gone, and he's gone for like 10 days, I don't drink any wine because it's like no fun to drink alone. And it's not like I'm drinking. Okay, so you're not an alcoholic. That's good. Well, thank God. You know, it's just that you (laughs) raise a glass at dinner in in good company. Whenever we get press releases about you know cool wines or you know organic sustainable wines, I send them to you because I know I'm not going to hurt you. That you enjoy it and you will make good use of the not only the wine bottle but the corks. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So. That's what this is going to be about this week, about this, we're going to do the, the wine review, and I just love this one wine from Chile. Oh, my gosh. So do you have pictures of a how-to, one of your tutorials? Yeah, I'll, get, yeah, I'll come up with what something. What did you make, candles? <laughs> well, I'll come up with something. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost done. I had a very bad week. I know. But, you know, no, no, I'll get the pictures out for you and the wines and all of that. It'll, hopefully I'm going to get it done tomorrow. I don't have anything on my plate except for that tomorrow. Cool. So everybody stay tuned and check the... Mm, my voice is cracking. Check the blog for Green Diva Mizar's uh, DIY, the latest DIY. And some good wine, too. Oh, yeah. For step-by-step instructions on this DIY project and to find out more about the Green Divas radio show and podcasts, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. We got through that. We, we did. We Poor did. Seth. He had so much good stuff to say, and I hated to cut him well, off but because you know he really is so good. He's good, but you know what? You know what, though, Meg? Remember this. Last time, he was our feature interview, and we talked uh, long. So, yeah, 15 he's like five minutes. minutes is just yeah. like it 15 runs. minutes it's is a long time, and so... Seth maybe was of that mindset. Seth, we love you, dude. We we so love you, dude. Um, but obviously, it was a five minute segment, and we and uh, maybe we should we'll be more clear about that next time. But uh, at any rate, thanks for all the all the good you do. And uh, honestly, well, and I appreciate you know the personal advice on the on the Toyota Camry and. You know, listen. Um, I've hopnob with stars a lot in my past I life. Know, I know, but it's always so much fun. It is, especially if there's champagne, strawberries, and a few chocolates. Oh, well, yeah. I'll I'll do the chocolate. You do the champagne, and we're good. Yeah, we're golden. Yeah, and you know, which we did. We did well in in Detroit, right? right? And just we had to put it like this to Seth. Seth, wouldn't you love one green diva on each arm? Yeah, we're pretty hot. We're no, we're very hot. We're divas. And it's <laughs> our prerogative to say we're that we're hot. Wait, we're very hot because we're menopausal divas. Ha 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 ha. Well, listen, I can tell you when that. No, should kidding. I go, should I'm I go kidding. there? I said, when I'm lying naked in bed in the middle of the winter, yeah. thinking, God, it's so freaking hot. I would have to agree with that. Isn't that funny? No, it's not. It's, it's horribly painful. It really is horribly painful. I just don't think that we, we should really stop talking hot flashes. <laughs> Honestly, no, no, honey, they're power surges. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to call them from now on. Yes, power I'm surge. I'm having a power surge. I'm having a um, um what, what what was I going to say? Alternative energy, uh, power surge. Um, a, a yeah. solar power power oh, surge. Oh, there you go. There you go. Solar power, solar power surge. I could. Okay. I'm telling you, I could light the city of Milwaukee sometimes. <laughs> I think we finally got um, Kevin on the air. Here we go. All right. Oh, it's What's the that? Dark Ranger. <laughs> 
I'm so excited we finally got back with you. I mean, it's been a couple of years. I think it has. Yeah, it has. And I just want you to know that the podcast that we originally did with you is one of the all-time top, like top 10 out of the 200 podcasts we have. Because Wow, that's pretty exciting. Well, you know, it's a, it, it's a great topic. I think it's an unsung topic. It rides under the radar, and I, I heard you talking about it on your video, and it's, it's very important that we start to um, get more awareness. So I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Well, tell us. Tell the folks at home what it is that you're doing so that we have sort of a, a, a springboard, a leaping off point. Sure. So we're trying to heighten people's awareness about the importance of protecting natural darkness, uh, dark night skies, and um, the, the consequences of um, ignoring that, which, which kind of gets lumped together as light pollution, um, the, the pumping of unnecessary amounts of energy into our, into our nighttime sky. Yeah. So it's not only an issue of, like, wasted energy but, but, and, and perhaps wasted light, but the light actually is detrimental to the environment and to animals, Correct. Yeah, and animals, humans, um, the environment in general. There's there's lots of different ways that we try to uh, get people interested in, in doing the right thing. And you know, um, for a lot of people, it is the animals. There's uh, there's some real problems with um, where we're going in an attempt to save energy. You know, the the LED lights, which are good for the the ecology of the planet and the carbon footprint and all these kinds of things, have one major side effect, and that is they they disrupt a lot of the biological processes of animals. And oh, no. Well. Really? The, the, the trouble is that blue-white light, the kind that our eyes are most sensitive to, is also the kind that uh, is most detrimental for us. That's the LED, not the CFL. Right, the LEDs. Now, there's a solution. The solution is, is out there. It's been researched. It's just not well known. And that's to get either amber-colored LEDs right. or amber-filtered right. LEDs. Oh, and, good idea. You know, the problem with uh, supply and demand is unless uh, we create a demand, they keep supplying us with the blue-white out there. And is it more so expensive? that's one of our big efforts is to get people thinking in terms of their own personal lighting and when it comes to yeah, but utilities. It, is there any cost difference between the amber and the regular LED? You know, there's a little bit, and, it, and it's only because the LED is just so, the, the blue-white LED is so abundant. Okay. Um, so it is a little bit more expensive. It's a little harder. That's probably as much as anything. It's not as much about the money. It just takes a lot more okay. uh, research online to find the right thing. The, well, the lights we always like endorsing are made by a company called Glarebuster. Uh, you can go to www.glarebuster.com. Okay. And uh, they have... Um, Lights that you can fit with CFLs, if that's easier or preferred, but you can also fit them with uh, amber LEDs. Here's a question, Kevin. The uh, LEDs, are they burn cool, correct? Right. So why doesn't everybody just go down to their craft store and buy some yellow film, because they have that kind of cello stuff, put yeah. it on top, and you're golden. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that will save you a lot of money because even these, these fancy glare busters, you know, they run about $100 a piece. Yeah! And, and you can do that with uh, a cellophane or, or anything like that. And you won't have to worry, just as you say, you won't have to worry about melting um, your filter. Because it's a cool light. Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. cool. I'm going to do that because I have several LED lights. I, I'll say the blue light is, pr is pretty. However, anyway. Yeah, I, and you know the other thing is that... Um, with the, with the cool lights, uh, they work better when they're cold. I mean, the LEDs have a longer lifespan um, if you keep them in a cold environment. Right. So having them as an outdoor light, something you use at night, is, is the perfect application. So we, uh, we endorse that, but we're just concerned about the ecological impact of all that blue-white light. Yeah. Kevin, is there anywhere on Earth where you can go and not be affected by light pollution? There's a few places where we call it near-pristine. Um, 
you know, I mean, in answer to your question, yes, you could go to Antarctica and um, <laughs> I'm booking a flight right now. Or station, but <laughs> yeah. most people can't do that. You know, no. the, the easier places to go is the American Desert Southwest, um, the outback of Australia, um, and the heart of the Amazon. I mean, still pretty remote places. We uh, we highly endorse people come to the desert southwest because that's where uh, my day job is here at, at Bryce Canyon National Park, and we can show people near pristine sky. Now, I was uh, that, I was looking at your video that you did down in uh, well with the backdrop of Orion. Tell me what mm-hmm. that's all about, and and I have yeah. a particular interest because my name is Mizar, which comes from the oh. Big Dipper. My son is Rigel, which is often pronounced Regal from Orion, and uh-huh. my daughter is Antares from the Scorpius. How about yeah. that? Oh, I love this. Okay, so there's a wonderful <laughs> story. I think I can do it pretty quickly about Orion and, and Scorpius. Um, Orion was a hunter. And, and by the way, I'd just like to mention, Orion's mostly forgotten about. It's the most easily visible constellation, even in light polluted sky, north and southern hemisphere. Yep. And I did a search on the International Movie Database for characters named Orion. Disney had one episode um, from their cartoon Hercules where they mentioned Orion. Really? It's it? Constellation completely forgotten. Wow. I Talk almost named my son Orion, but I was going after the stars. But Sure, you know. sure. Well, you know, so Orion's a neat character. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of a reformed hunter, um, and, and this is something we like to talk about in the Park Service. But basically his story goes that uh, he made a name for himself going around killing all different kinds of monsters. And it got to the point that uh, Hera, and this is coming from Greek and Roman mythology, and, and Artemis, the, the god of the hunt, were, were so unhappy um, with him going around and willy-nilly, basically trophy hunting, killing monsters, that they decided to create an animal uh, that would be unkillable, and they created Scorpius. The I know Scorpius. where this is going. And so as the story goes, the reason why you never see Orion and Scorpius in the sky at the same time is because this big unkillable scorpion is hunting Orion. Yeah. So he can't stop and take time well, that's to, a bummer. to market hunt or you know, trophy hunt the other animals in the sky. <laughs> that, well, that, that's, that's a heck of a story, man. It is, but I want to get back to, because there's so much to talk about in terms of light pollution and letting people know how they can, and I'm sorry to cut you off, I know it's very fun, um, but how, how can people find out more about what they can do? There are some simple steps that I remember learning that, like, you can turn your lights outside so they're only, um, you know, lighting down, you know, covering them so they're not lighting up, wasted. Yeah, the first big campaign, campaign excuse me, was exactly that, to make sure your lights are pointed down, that they're shielded. Um, generally, the, the way you can judge this is if you can see the light bulb itself, uh, then it's not shielded enough. What you, what you don't want to see is the light bulb. That creates glare. It causes the, the exact wrong thing to happen. makes you squint, makes you constrict your pupils, so you're not letting in enough light that you can adjust um, to, to low light levels of night. So, yeah, shielding is important. And then, as we've mentioned before, this idea of getting the right color of light is, is also important. Now, there was a statistic that I recall, and it's very sad, but I think it's important for people to understand how many birds every year die from lights left That's on huge. in high-rise buildings? It's huge, yeah. yeah it's tens of millions. Um, it, the, the, kind of the definitive organization is called FLAP, and they're based out of Toronto. Uh, Fatal Light Awareness Program is what that acronym stands for, and you can find them at um, flap.com, I think is their URL. But, yeah, I, I remember off the top of my head, I think they're quoting about 20 million birds annually are are killed with um, either collisions with radio towers that have the wrong kind of light on them or office buildings. Office buildings is, is, a, is a new one that um, seems to take the heaviest toll. I, I don't understand how, how folks can't just, when they're leaving an office building at night, why they just can't hit that switch and turn the yeah, lights off. I'm totally with you there. I, I talk about this all the time. It's like, hey, if I was a CEO 
you know, and I'm trying to keep the profit margins high for the shareholders. One of the things I think about doing is making people turn the lights off. Well, honestly, uh, you know, when, when there's nobody in the building. But I, I do know that one of the one of the pushbacks, one of the justifications, is that sometimes we light these big skyscrapers to draw attention to the brand name. Um, oh. And, and, and oh. that's that's where advertising Seriously? becomes a challenging issue. Yeah. The, the good news is there's ways to do advertising right. You know, we we get in this habit of putting. Um, black letters on white backgrounds, and then we white the and we and we light, excuse me, the white. Right. Well, you can do just as well by having white letters on black background, and then you don't need as much light. And you can still have high visibility. See, you've got all the solutions, man. Birds to collide with your building. You know, but speaking about marketing campaigns, wouldn't it be great if, like, since for instance, I'm just going to pick one out of the blue, like GE on top of Rockefeller Center, right. were to say, okay, we're going green. Thank you for. We all recognize the GE logo anyway. Just turn it off. And then maybe yeah. others will follow suit. Yeah. Well, not yeah, only there's, there's places like that where they have these lighting ordinances that say exactly that. In fact, my new favorite, well, it's always been my favorite city, but my new especially favorite city is Paris. And, and there yeah, is well. exactly this. I think it goes effect in July, but it's pretty significant because you've got the, a huge city, five and a half million people, largest city in the world, uh, to enact a lighting ordinance. And, and they're basically saying that their monuments, Eiffel Tower, yeah. Arc de Triomphe, things like that, can remain lit all night, but at lower levels than ever before. But advertising skyscraper office buildings, people, personal residents, um, you either have to close dark blinds if you want the lights on after 1 a.m., or you have to turn them off. Now, and let, that's, that's pretty significant. Did and they, you know, did they do that um, Paris continues to lead the world. Can I ask you why they did that? Did they do it Did they do it because of light pollution, or was it for some other reason, for energy? You know, there's, there's several um, that they list, but, but it, is, it is, in fact, the, um, the aesthetics. Uh, of light pollution, having a beautiful starry sky. Yeah. I mean, what's more romantic than a beautiful starry sky? In and Paris. It's the most romantic city of the world. Yeah. You know, it's only kind of doing it halfway, I think. But but it is, in fact, an energy savings measure as well. Are there are there are there any um are there any is there any legislation in any state, city, or in this country that that would be similar to that? Do you know of? There, there's a few. Tucson, Arizona, is the world's next largest city at a million people to have a lighting ordinance. And, uh, and then there's smaller communities that um, have them in place. There's many more that are considering them. The biggest pushback is, is um, misconceptions about crime. Um, it just sort of oh. seems natural to us to assume that if, we're, if it's brighter, we're safer. And all you have to do is find a police officer who could confirm pretty quickly that about 70, maybe even 80% of crime occurs during the daytime. You know, and when we light up the night like the daytime, all we're really doing is increasing the operational hours um, of the bad guys. And, you know, that's been shown in, in a variety. Well, there's of probably a better type of lighting to light certain areas like a parking lot, maybe if they just are exactly. smarter about how they light yeah. it. Yeah, um, if, if uh, you know, on my, on my um, YouTube channel, I have a bunch of these scenarios because seeing is believing. <laughs> I'm not to play too much pun on there, but, but <laughs> I've got these models where I myself dress in flat black clothing. And, and you know, I, I didn't, I'm not a bad guy, but I did graduate with from, with high marks from Bad Guy University. Cause I wanted to understand <laughs> both sides. And, a lot of you people know, understand so that. I can show, if people want to go to my YouTube channel and take a look, they can see the actual correct way to light a place that makes it really hard for a bad guy to do his job versus over-lighting, which paradoxically right. can make right. it easier. Right. Okay. Now, you also just recently did um, Jessica Aranella, is how we found you a couple of years ago. Yeah. From What You Can Do. Um, exactly. And they're finding that a lot of their viewers are also intrigued by this issue and that they get pretty high hits and views didn't um, you when, just, they, when they talk about uh, protecting the night nice skies well. Didn't so you just do a video for her? Or with Sorry? her? Did you just do a video with her? Or? We did. 
Yeah, and you can get it at uh, what you can do on their Facebook page um, or our Facebook page, which is I Am The Dark Ranger. Awesome. That is a great face. That is a great nom de plume, if you will, the Dark Ranger. Now, you, yeah, isn't it fun? Poor Mizar has been trying to say something, and I keep jumping in on her. Sorry. No, well, but you know what? You were, you were, we were on the same track, obviously, because I was going to ask about the whole Paris thing. You're encouraging folks to write to folks in Paris? Yeah, we're going to start probably uh, after the Astronomy Festival here at Bryce Canyon. So probably in June, you know, about a month out when it's right on everybody's minds, because not everybody in Paris is happy about this. Any significant change is, is, is not a pleasant experience. But, you know, from our Facebook uh, community page, we're going to be doing an email letter writing campaign to, to see if we can't show appreciation for Parisians, yeah. um, politicians, and certainly uh, tourism business leaders. I'll write them. Um, that we will love their city all the more. Um, if they if they prove to the world that um, you know you can you can have a lighting ordinance and and protect your citizens and and enhance the overall aesthetics of your community. So now your website is iamthedarkranger.com. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and how can people find you on Facebook? And we'll put it up on our our post for this show mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So for Facebook, it's it's a community page, but you should just be able to do a Facebook search for the same. Nom de plume, uh, I am the Dark Ranger. I always say no apostrophe so people know that I'm spelling it out, I A-M, right. Dark Ranger, all one word. I have to ask you, Kevin, while we have a few seconds left, what, what compelled you to do this? I mean, what, what, what was the aha moment? Well, I've, I've always been interested in astronomy, but I've had a weird experience. My, my dad being a park ranger, I've lived in national parks, and, and I've had a, I, I've had a um, just not an exposure to how the world has changed since even I was a kid. You know, I'm, I'm turning 41 here in a couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, geezer that can talk about, you know, the old days with a lot of authority. But living in national parks where the lack of civilization, um, the sky has been kept fairly dark, and then I find myself later in college in, in a more urban environment realizing, wow, when I wasn't looking, we lost a significant resource here, and, and somebody needs to remind everybody it's not supposed to be this way. I you know, am- we can be an advanced civilization and, and still protect the beauty of the night sky for a whole host of important values. Mm-hmm. Wow, so well said. And, and, and I'm so glad you are doing what you're doing, and we will catch up with you again sooner than the last time. We won't Very let good. that much time lapse. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to call us today, Kevin. And thank you very much to Green Divas for helping. Hey, you're welcome. Keep bye, up Kevin. The good work. Bye, bye. All right. Bye, bye. <laughs> I could hear his chair moving or something. <laughs> was it the chair? Was somebody bringing him iced tea or something? It's like a door or something. Yeah. At least it wasn't a leather chair. You know how that can sound. Oh, good call there. Yeah. I know. No, good that was. There. He's a great interview. I ju- and I do think it's one of those issues that is not talked about enough. Right. You know, the only time it's talked about is like we're supposed to see some, like the Aurora Borealis here in New Jersey. I can't see it because there's too many lights. Well, yeah, yeah, duh. Did you, can I read this thing? Do I have time? At the bottom of his signature, it says, by the third millennium, the reckless use of light nearly vanquished the night. A formidable few rushed to defend the last sanctuaries of natural darkness from the national parks, armed with science, mythology and love for all things nocturnal, came warrior poets who pushed back against the light. They were called the Dark Rangers. He's so cute, and he's got sort of a Star Wars theme. And no one knew their names. Well, we know Kevin, and thank goodness for Kevin. Yeah, that's because it goes along with sort of, you know, Star Wars type thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. I love that. Now, next week we have Marcy Zaroff, who's an eco-lifestyle pioneer.
Mm-hmm. She's um, going to be talking with us about eco-fashion. She's got a couple of eco-fashion lines of her own. Well, we had some at the Oscars. I'm sure she was very well aware of yes. that, right? So um, dresses. next week's theme will be sort of eco-fashion, eco-style. Do we get to talk about shoes? Uh, yes. We'll Handbags? Bring, bring back the shoes. Accessories? Accessories. <gasps> So, and I'm sure you will have a really interesting DIY. I will come up with something, as I always do, because I like to keep it in within the theme, if you, you will. Always do. Now, I um, just got it. I know exactly what I'm going to do. She got it. She got it. Yep. Do you want to let us in on that? Or? No. No. Okay. <laughs> now, I'm going to say, because I think it got cut off in the beginning, we lost the, op- the opening recording. Yeah. Because the tech fairy is wobbly today. Not sleeping, but wobbling. And, and it wasn't me this time, so I feel better. Um... But we talked about uh, our, our visit with Mariel Hemingway in the opening, which might have gotten cut off. So I want to encourage people to go to our website and look at my article about our experience with Mariel Hemingway. Yeah. And her beautiful, her book and film, the film is Running From Crazy. The book is Running With Nature. And it's a two-part post, so next week we'll have more. Okay. And Yeah, I thought it was a great post, and it leads to, to, to great things, too. It's good. Now, stay tuned for the Uncle Buggy Show, and please, if you're going to stay on, you have to reset your, refresh your browser after we make the switch. So everybody, have a great Green Bye. Week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, follow them on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to visit the blog at thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. And remember to share the good green news with friends and family.